if someone lets you know their needs Mm -hmm. and you're not inclined to want to do better, you kind of know that they're not the person for you or the dog for you or what it is because your your motivations aren't there. Cambridge Dictionary defines reciprocity as behavior in which two people or groups of people give each other help and advantages. But the issue of reciprocity can feel more complicated than this in romantic relationships, when two people might have different expectations of one another and different ideas of what reciprocity is and looks like. Today on Dear Queer, we're talking about giving and taking in relationships, and once again, we have our wonderful guest co-host on Nick Rovers, which we're very excited about. Thank you so much for having me back. I also am very excited. Who wants to start? It's such a a broad category. I don't know. Has it been on your mind lately? Um, I guess in ways just comparing things like throughout daily life when you're you're in a situation or a moment and you can compare it to things from the past, whether it be 15 years ago, a couple years ago, whatever it is. And just like, oh man, things are way different. And it just makes you see relationships in such a different light and seeing like what I used to do and get back versus what I used, what I am now doing and getting back. And you make those direct comparisons every day. So I just feel, I mean, personally now I feel I'm getting so much more reciprocity in this current relationship I'm in than any other relationship I've been in. Right. And it's, I'm like, oh, this is this is what I was looking for. Yeah. And, and you don't know until you've kind of experienced it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, and it probably makes you look back to and have you been in this situation where like it's almost like the other person gets used to you just giving. And so then they even start to give less and less and then you give more and more. It's like like the balance starts to even get more imbalanced. Yeah. Yeah. Feed forward in the way you don't want it to be. Feed, yeah. yeah. Even though the, you're putting in more effort, maybe you're getting the opposite response for sure. Um, but it, I think it's more so just learning more about yourself and what you're doing. Mm. And that's like that's that's what I'm comparing here is like I'm looking back at Nick 10 mm-hmm. years ago or 12 or 15 years ago or whatever and comparing what he used to do in relationships and that's where I can see it a lot more as well. Yeah. You may not have even known what to what to ask for. Mm-hmm. And I think it it can it when you're in a relationship where the give and take feels really healthy, I think that can be really great. And then you can look back on relationships and be like, oh, it wasn't there. But it was like maybe you weren't compatible in the ways that you sh- you showed up for each other or something like that. Like mm-hmm. it's sometimes not that like um necessarily could be. Uh, that a person's just take, 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 or it's just we give in, in such different ways. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we should get into this, but it, maybe it, I think love languages is like in a way that people kind of understand that kind of what they want, what they need or, but. True. Yeah. Like, yeah, in the sense that sometimes people are giving in the way that they like to give, but the person receiving might not see it. Totally. Yeah. If, if someone really needs all of those uh, words of affirmation and their person's just showing up with flowers and chocolates yeah. and little acts of service or things like that, then it may, it may feel like it's imbalanced. <laughs> right. I've learned rather recently that I just thought love language is, yep, yeah, that's your love language and that's what you're into. 
and then I learned furthermore, like you go in and you, what you like to give isn't always what you want to receive or what you're more prone to just give. You're like, oh, but that's not what I want to receive back. And people might think I do. So I've learned about like, you have love languages for giving and for receiving. That's Mm. a good point. That's a big one I learned rather recently. Like you might like (laughs) gift giving, but you might be really uncomfortable receiving. 100%. Little gift. Oh, I'm that. Yeah, see? Yeah, Yeah, you can be really thoughtful in giving, but then you feel uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, don't don't buy me things. Yeah. And and even with my partner now, Josh, he loves um, words of affirmation and touch. But I, the main love language I get, like a big, huge one I get from him is acts of service because he just mm-hmm. loves taking care of people, especially me. So it's, it's like, oh, I'll, t- I'll do these things back for him. And I'm like, oh, he really just needs like to be squeezed or touched or hugged, or he really needs some nice, kind words, like cute things throughout the day. And I'm like, okay, I got to Like, you have to reframe those to things. to be translators too. in a way, of, like the languages. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean. It is the way you be reciprocal. Oh, is their love language. You can, how do you reciprocate something like. You're reciprocating love, not necessarily the exact language, right? Yeah. So this is a different different dynamic, but uh, one thing I've had to learn as a mother with my daughter is this too, in the sense that like learning how to love someone the way they want to be loved. Mm -hmm. Like if it was up to me, I would be walking around probably in a permanent hug with her, (laughs) but she doesn't, she doesn't love physical affection. Especially kids too, they get embarrassed or like yeah, endless. and so it's really about recognizing that that I can't just do that. And if anything, the more I do that, the more that would push her away. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the more I can acknowledge the way that the space she needs, then she's more likely to come to me for it. Mm-hmm. You know? I think that just the fact that she knows that it's always there if she needs it is a really safe thing, right? Because I know, for example, my my dad, my boyfriend, and just other people I've run into. I was smothered as a kid with love, always getting touched. My mom's very, mm-hmm. hugs me all the time and just kisses my face. And my dad and Josh didn't get a lot of that growing up. And it was the thing they craved. And my dad yes. made sure I got a lot of it because he didn't get it. So right. I think it's really nice that your daughter can be like, okay, I don't want it right now, but I know it's there and True. that's really safe. True. Oh, I like I like hearing that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we bring Nick here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I, need, I needed that. <laughs> I think too, it speaks to playing to um, our individual strengths. Like I might be, you know, battling mount laundry on the weekly here and uh no dev makes me cute lunches mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's like you know the last thing they want to do is fold things but i'm like no actually i i it quite not you know i don't love but you it, can get into a like, rhythm or we something we can have favorite or, chores it's okay. yeah, 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 yeah 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 and so it's yeah it's just kind of finding that balance and like who who's good at what and, and kind of play, playing to it yeah and then there's the there's the issue of of emotional labor, which Ooh. came up with me more in straight dynamics, especially if you there is any child rearing involved. Mm-hmm. But that kind of, um, I mean, there's studies that show that even in straight relationships, when things are quite equal, mm. generally once a, once they have a kid, mm. an imbalance starts to to grow, and it usually is in that emotional labor aspect of like doing that kind of extra child rearing stuff mm-hmm. or just almost like thinking on behalf of 
the partner in order to set them up for success because it's for your child. Yeah. So you don't want them to fail because then your child suffers in some way. Yeah. So you end up doing the extra labor there. Mm -hmm. I guess we're, we're, we're lucky in that sense that there, you know, uh, if you're in, you know, a same, same gendered relationship, then everything's on the table. You are already at the baseline is communicating it. There's no assumed this or assume that. Yeah. It's all up for grabs. It's kind of a gift. It is. (laughs) It actually is. Yeah. Yeah. I think it always comes down to just like natural affinities towards doing the things that need to be done. And in a relationship, you'll find um, who who gravitates more towards doing something to help the other one. And that could be an, even an emotional labor. Like someone just wants to really show up and take their kid to the practices and do all that stuff because it's they're interested in seeing it play out. Whereas mm-hmm. someone else might be too busy or not want to do that, but they show up in other ways as well. So you find your grooves and where works for both of you working towards the greater good of making your kid happy. Absolutely. Yeah. Saying that as a non-parent. I'm assuming that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going to do a parenting hour with you, Nick. Oh, yes. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we didn't tell you about that. If it's on cats, it I got yeah. it. I got it. Yeah. Uh, we did have one. I asked uh, some of our listeners what reciprocity meant to them. And one person did say uh, mutual effort and mutual care, not symmetry, oh. which mm. I found, I thought was a really good point. Um, because it is, you know, it's not always, it's also not always possible for us to all be functioning at 100%. And yeah. sometimes you're at 20. Yeah. And thank God Josh, Josh can be at 80 for that time being. And then you, vice versa when when need be, right? But mm-hmm. that idea of like, it doesn't have to be symmetrical, but it has to be mutual in the fact that you're both giving what you can and what you need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think too, we talk about a lot in our re- uh, relationship is, giving each other the benefit of the doubt. And so when your partner is at 20 mm. or whatever the case may be that you're like, oh, I know they they want to get to 50 or 100 or, yeah. They wish they yeah. were. They wish but, they yeah. were, but maybe that's not today. But we know where each other's intentions lie and that mm-hmm. we want, like, the best for each other and aren't trying to show up poorly even though we're exhausted or overworked or whatever it is. Yeah. And And to your comment about symmetry, I think that's the number one way that – like kids on a playground saying that's not fair and I did this mm. and they're expected to do this. Like that's the number one way to fail is that each person has to put in exactly 50% because it's so measurable yeah. if you did half of a task and you're waiting on that other half. Right. So I, I personally speaking, I'm not the best cook. I don't have patience for it. Josh just he dices an onion in a couple seconds, it seems like, and he just whips up dinner so fast. I'm like, leave every dish. I will clean. I will do the the spraying at the end and the yeah. disinfecting and the kitchen's clean after because I, I like doing that more than cooking and he likes cooking and he's better at it. So we just, that's part of the finding the groove thing I talk about as well. So perfect symmetry, I think, is a plan of failure. Yeah. Oh, and it's, I think it's going to set you up to to bring in resentment. I think there's, oh, yeah. there's nothing worse than if you're partner or regardless of what type of relationship it is, if, if you're keeping track yeah. and oh. you're worried about finding that, you know, 50-50 or 100-100, then you're you're in trouble. <laughs> make it not measurable. Just yeah. make it make it love yeah. based. Yeah. 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 A friend of mine always says says that it's like it's about being it's not a hundred a hundred. It's or if well, I'm gonna butcher this. <laughs> <laughs> Can we phone a friend? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Amanda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right in. Tell, t- tell us your words. Well, shall we shall we try and uh do a little listener listener cue? Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, this is something we've already touched on a little bit, but do relationships have to be equitable? It's very broad. Yeah, it's equitable. Yeah, because my definition or my understanding of equitable is everyone benefits and gains, and it's how one gains isn't always equal. Like someone mm-hmm. might need more of yes. one thing for it to be enough for them. And that's exactly your point of the non-symmetry thing. Like mm-hmm. show up for people where we know we need it. Like I don't need a ton of words of affirmation. Sometimes they can make me feel a little uncomfortable, especially if they're from strangers or something. But Josh loves it. So I'm like, okay, it's not my go-to to do that for people, but I I will do that. So you have to make it equitable because that's how the other person gets happy. Mm-hmm. Leave it to Nick to just like take a broad question and just cut right to it. So good. <laughs> I love it. What what if someone is feeling though like they're showing up and really giving, 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 and maybe they are in a mismatch relationship and they have a partner who's, you know, on on more on the take. <laughs> mm-hmm. How how do you look out for that or protect maybe protect yourself from that or advocate? I guess I think it's important from the start to know be an overgiver. Yeah. Because that can set you up for uh you know that unequitable dynamic. And also as a former as a recovering people pleaser, that is very much a a natural tendency mm-hmm. or like I understand that it is kind of a manipulation in a way that that giving giving or like being really nice really nice because the hope there is that you will make yourself like indispensable in some way to mm-hmm. that person or like you'll insert yourself in this like fundamental way in Reap their life. So there's no chance. Yeah. And then they'll need you yourself. or something, you know, it's, it's love bombing. It's yeah. So like, and then you end up yeah. resenting if they don't, or you're like, but I was so this and I was so that. And, you know, and so that's like, you have to go in slow and what's appropriate for the level of the relationship or how much you know that person it's can't be over you can't be overgiving it's got you've got to like give and Mm -hmm. you know see if things are reciprocated or just see if there's something equitable going on or not yeah and i think that's why too with dating you know there are phases of relationships like uh, you know oftentimes people at the beginning of a relationship there's so much excitement but i think a lot of the time that you know people can be on their best behavior and they're you know, going out of their way to to show you to do this, to do that. Um, and so I think keeping an eye out for when those things wane or what that looks like over, yeah. you know, the course of a month or multiple months. Or... And recognizing, like, is this sustainable? Is yeah. this real? Like, is this a thing that, is this sustainable? Is this a long-term thing or is this a, is this a bomb? Is this yeah. a, yeah. I've got another question. Okay. Uh, my girlfriend and I have mismatched love language is... I love receiving words of affirmation, but my partner is a big acts of service person. I love when they do sweet things for me, but how do I get them to be more aligned with what I like to receive? I can build that one because that's exactly my relationship. I love doing things to make Josh's life easier because he's very busy and it just helps make things peaceful, but he sometimes just wants those words. Um, Encouraging, my answer is um, encouraging Josh to let me know when Mm -hmm. he needs more. Yeah. So that's, I got my train of thought back. Back from the, the other point you were making is if you are overgiving, overgiving, be honest with yourself and then start intentionally being, I don't want to use the word selfish, but start asking for more things that you need back yeah. to make it, to kind of level it out. Yeah. So in my example, I encourage Josh to ask me for more words of affirmation or I need you to 
say something and then I'm happy to. And then it kind of primes me to more readily, mm -hmm. um, even if it's not my first go-to. So being open and honest about what you need in that moment, even if you, you don't say it all the time, but as you get to those vulnerable points where like, man, I could really use that love language, just be open and honest about it. Yeah. And don't be afraid to ask this person because this is... It's the cheat code. Yes. Like give your partner the cheat codes. If you if you like something, tell them. And when they do it, praise them. And yeah. Mm -hmm. set, set them up for success. Yeah. We do it with friends easily. And I think most of our big relationships early are with friends because mm -hmm. we don't date when we're nine. But <laughs> we're... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Speak for you. No. <laughs> yeah. But like you learn give and take in friendships as well. And if you find you're really going above and beyond for that one friend, you're probably going to let it fizzle. So do the same approach with romantic relationships and don't overgive and over. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point that these things all apply to all, all types of yeah. relationships, not just romantic. Mm -hmm. um, equity and friendships is important. And like we all have those friends who we feel like will, you know, go out of our way to show up and this and that. And, you know, those relationships I find, uh, if it's not reciprocated, they're just not sustainable. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, if I know if Nick and I make plans and one of us doesn't show or something like it's there, there's a reason because yeah. we have just such a consistent history and know where, where each other stand and that they're there. Every yeah. Time. An outlier will always be an outlier because yeah. we know yeah. exactly our intentions in the friendship. Oh, we're, we're on housework here. Oh, my partner can't do a dish to save their life. And sometimes I just feel the resentment building up inside me even though I don't mind doing them most of the time, how do I not blow up on them after not telling them I'd like it if they did the dishes? You two will have to answer because I do all the dishes in my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. I like It kind of comes back to my, my previous point of I jump in on dishes because I know that I'm quick at it. I'm thorough. I do it to my own anal retentive specs that I, that I like. And I... If I'm like, oh, I have to do dishes again, or oh, full uh, sink full of dishes, I guess I'm on that. I always think, and I'll list the things like, what aren't I doing now? Mm -hmm. Like, if we make it about, well, my like when your siblings don't do the chores they're supposed to, and you did this, and you just go to complain to your parents, like, don't make it about that. Just make a list of all the things that they do for you. And if that list is very sparse, okay, get resentful, but to, to try to reframe it in mm -hmm. that it doesn't have to be the dishes that your partner needs to do. But to be like, hey, I'm noticing I'm doing the dishes a lot. Every time the litter box needs changing, you mind jumping on that? Do you? I know my my best friends, their their relationship, they have very much divided tasks, and they don't change weekly. They're just that is their wheelhouse in in the in the relationship. To you always take care of this. Yeah, that's a good point. Rather than looking at it as a lack, unless there is genuinely like a huge imbalance. But like you said. You do the dishes, maybe, you know, this person does the dishes while the other person is doing the laundry or mm -hmm. like you're doing the dishes knowing that Josh just made the dinner. So it's like that's that's a give and take right there. Yeah. And it's it's just assumed and communicated. It's it's not so much like we have to, oh, you're making dinner again? Okay, great. great. Like it's just he swoops in and does it and I swoop in and does it. And it's just, yeah, it, you get to that point of comfort yeah. in knowing that you're both doing what you need to do to get the job done. These are all about, I'm noticing like chores and tasks and stuff, but what about like people's feelings on mm -hmm. reciprocity in like deepest love-based feelings like what what makes it super successful in that yeah like when it when how do you know a relationship is equitable mm -hmm. this is a really good question <laughs> and i am the wrong person to answer <laughs> i've historically been in the giving in the giving position i guess mm -hmm. and 
have always have not always been good at detecting that it's at an imbalanced place or I've done the thing where it is and then I like try to give more hoping that's going to make up the difference mm -hmm. you or know? try and show them what you want. <laughs> yeah. And I've also, you know, been afraid to ask for things that I need in the past too. So that obviously hasn't helped. Mm -hmm. um, Knowing that, does that influence how you date now? Oh yeah. Like I don't go in with that kind of I used to go in with that overdoing it, overgiving mm -hmm. right from the start as this kind of way to, you know, speed things up or make myself kind of more uh, more important in that person's life or mm -hmm. whatever. So, yeah, I'm definitely like put the brakes on myself or just recognize that if that's my tendency, that's not what I should be doing. And looking for people who are also thoughtful and willing to give and and like warm in that mm -hmm. kind of sense so yeah definitely it's on my mind it's on my mind constantly no i'm kidding i'm kidding, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I think um the i've heard the saying like if they wanted to they would for years and it's always just been like oh yeah that's a thing that people say or think but in recent years just being that's been at the forefront of my mind a lot and i always think i'm like oh okay like and i catch myself like if i wanted to i would too so i and just always be honest with yourself and you'll find people that want to. Mm -hmm. So if you find that you're saying that to yourself and you're getting a negative feeling about it, maybe you move on. Yeah. You try being open and honest about it first because maybe they're just at a 20 and you need them at like you need them a 50 50 on certain things. But I think be honest and don't be afraid to admit it to yourself. And then you can get the relationship you want because it might just be that they, they don't want to. Or they are looking for another parent away from home. And like, that's where the whole, like, I'm not your mom. I'm not going to do all these things for you. You'll find people like, I, I know like a, a good one to talk about Lauren, just in a friendship is Lauren shows up, mm -hmm. comes to your house, treats, presents, gifts, a cute little thing, yes. very much like does the most for Absolutely. people. And I've learned that about Lauren. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do a little bit extra. Or I, it makes me want to kind of match the energy and yeah. be better in that way. Yeah. And it also makes me respect Lauren more because I know that Lauren has asked me for things or is not afraid to delegate as well. So it's like, oh, you you want to do this, but you're not going to get walked. On. And yeah. it's and it's a, the difference of I know you called yourself a people pleaser in, in the podcast before. And I was like, <laughs> I like I'm like, OK, I can see why why you would think that. I don't think yeah, you're yeah. you're as like lay down and take it as yeah. a lot of people pleasers might admit to be. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that was my, my takeaway from you saying you're a people pleaser, because I, I think yeah. you're very well adjusted on how much you want to do for people. Thank you. Yeah. But maybe you used to do that more in romantic relationships, like the people pleasing. And then yeah, now yeah, you recognize romantic. that you're like, hey, this is a friendship that I like I really care about yeah. and I care and I know what he likes. And, I'm th and I think about these things that he's going to like. So I bring this over. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's part of. It's part of growing that relationship yeah, you do you do know is reciprocal. For sure. And it, it, each each relationship is different. It's like with, with Nick, it's like, yeah, the limit doesn't exist. We know we're always going <laughs> to yeah. yeah. And even if it's one week, you, yeah, one week you doing more for him, another week when he, you mm -hmm. need him, he's oh, going to be there. Totally yeah. the, uh, I think reciprocity or acts of service or our different love language, there's different seasons of them. And that's the that's some of the most beautiful things about. I mean, you know, Nick and my friendship goes is going on. What is it? 18. Eighteen. Can it vote yet? Wow. <laughs> yes, it can vote. Uh, going on eighteen years, and so over the course of that amount of time, 
you just you you build up there's this trust and knowing mm-hmm. and yeah it's it's okay if yeah, yeah, you're able to meet them where, wherever they're at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In in relationships, I mean, those are, you know, have been much shorter term for me, but it's it's definitely been really fun to be in a relationship now where I don't have to think about those things as much because I do feel more similar to what I've learned from relationships like the one I have with Nick or different family members and things like that. That when someone does want to show up and find the things that work for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the big difference I even noticed in my own comment as well is that this is a, a friendship versus a romantic relationship. And romantic relationships, we might put set aside some of ourselves a little bit more readily and yes. do those things and fit in those boxes mm-hmm. to to please the person more. Yeah. Um, and with a friendship, there's still high stakes, but you you don't lose yourself as much, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it comes down to having the right expectations for what you want based on what you're giving, what you want to receive back. And the number one word I, I saw in a video as well is like consideration is like the number one um, metric of seeing if a relationship will be successful. And I'm just like, that's what I was really, Lauren is very considerate. It'll be like, oh, by the way, there's this concert you love. We're going, you're free. I already have tickets for you. Right. It's like, and those yeah, are like, yeah, yeah. like, I feel very considered in this friendship with Lauren. And it's also in this relationship with, with Josh is I just, I've never felt more considered and truly just like cared about and noticed and and loved so that's a really good way to put it that notion of consideration yeah because then feeling seen or thought about in the decisions that your partner's making about things are you included are they thinking of you when they're planning their time out even if like in whatever way mm-hmm. is the fact that you feel like you've um, been considered i really like that yeah i think too as um as your friend and seeing you and knowing that Josh is such a considerate person, the amount of ease it brings when like our people are in relationships where you know their partners or even their inner circle or their friends have their back is just what a relief. Yeah, it's, mm. it's a sense of peace for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Any decision you make in a relationship with someone, you could probably think, is there a way that this decision could be a little bit more considerate? I'm sure you can always think of a way that it could be more considerate. And then like that would be a good compass to steer towards as well if you truly care about that person. So that's that's a big word I've been keeping in my mind lately is consider that person. Yeah. Keep the decisions a dialogue as opposed to just making them yourself and and just go that extra step to consider them. I love that. Yeah. Brooklyn is being very considered right now. <laughs> <laughs> just like, what? Well, I don't know. It's funny. Yeah, we laugh about it, but you know, if we don't show up for even in our animals and like they will, Brooklyn will, if Brooklyn needs a walk and I've, you know, been late or whatever, Brooklyn will let me know. And yes. I actually uh, appreciate that. I'm like, oh, you need to walk. Let me give you this thing that like, it's such like a simple thing. Yeah. But it's all, all of our relationships. There's this, this give and take and play of like meeting each other's needs and like showing up for one another. You can see people's attachment styles sometimes in their relationships to their animals yes more i've yes i've i've been there where like i so my dog um who passed away last year guess he uh was like the sweetest dog and uh and so in tune with me and just always like like every times we'd be i'd be in the living room and i'd say to my daughter i'm like is he staring at me right now 
<laughs> and she's like, yes. Like, I'd be trying not, because he was just like, like, mom, I'm like, just trying to do something with me, you know? And I could just feel his eyes burning into my, into my soul. Uh, you know, always asking at a little walk button that he'd press mm. when he wanted to go for walks. But like, we'd just come home from a walk and then he'd press it and kind of look at me and be like, <laughs> He's testing done? your limits. Yeah, like he'd be like, can we again? I would do, you know, I would do anything for him. Like I, you know, put his needs very much first. But at a certain point, there'd be times when I actually was a learning a lesson for me too. Because let's say I was gone for a long time and then I come home and I was just like, I really need to eat. And mm -hmm. I know you really need a walk. And maybe early on when I had him, I'd like do the walk first. And mm. then later on, I was like, dude, I need to eat. Yeah. And then I will be good and my needs will be met and we will go for a better walk. Yeah. Because Put I will. Put your mask on yeah, first. You know, so exactly. <laughs> right. And so that was like a learning curve. But I've seen I've seen some people's dynamics and with their animals where clearly the owner's needs are first. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'll deal with you way later. Yeah. Um, and that felt like a very different dynamic than what I had with my dog. There should be a dating show where you get to watch people with their dogs. Or There's there's something here. Yeah, <laughs> there's definitely something here. Oh, yeah. 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 I think, or pets, animals in general. Yeah. I think when, like, even in that story where, like, Brooklyn will come to you and let you know, you, you're learning more about Brooklyn's needs and then you respect them more. So... Yeah. But it's because you want to and you consider Brooklyn and you love. So I think if someone lets you know their needs mm -hmm. and you're not inclined to want to do better, you kind of know that they're not the person for you or yeah. the dog for you or what it is because your, your motivations aren't there. So it's a it's a big thing for me. It's you learn to respect people more when the reciprocity is happening. Mm -hmm. you, you learn, OK, I know more about them. I feel more empowered and I respect them for showing me. That's a, that's a sign of healthy relationships that I've always come back to. I, I don't know how Brooklyn knows this, but like we'll go out on the weekend and Brooklyn is very routine, loves to get up in the yeah. morning, whatever. And somehow it's probably because we come home late. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but and like when she lets us sleep in um, after a night out or something like that, oof, I, oh. I love her so much. <laughs> Keep it up, Brooks. <laughs> But yeah, that's a good point that you make too there about being able to to own what you need. Like there is, you are, being able to do that shows that you know what you need and it shows that you know you deserve to have that need. Yeah, know your worth. As well, yeah. Yeah. Because you're in the relationship too. Yeah. It, it should be very much about making your life more joyful. Mm -hmm. And just as much as you want to make their life more joyful, it's, you should be getting the exact same kind of vibes about that as well. Thanks for this therapy session, guys. <laughs> I really needed it. Of course. <laughs> Dear Queer. This has been another episode of Dear Queer. Just a reminder, we are not actually experts. Any advice given should actually come from our experts who we will bring in from time to time. Music brought to you by Sean Patrick Brennan, produced by myself, Lauren Hogarth, and your host, as always, Elena Papianis. <laughs> I'm getting that.